0: And we've been looking in Sunday school at resolving conflicts and and in our one another. Last week we looked at the introduction to forgiving one another. And in Ephesians chapter 4, if you would turn there, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30, verse 29, we'll start there. forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So he, he establishes the model that we are to forgive as Christ forgave us. And we'll touch on that um, in just a little bit in more detail. But last week we went over a number of things that forgiveness is not. If you weren't here and you want the notes, see me. I can get that for you or you can listen to it online or whatever. But one of the things that we said forgiveness is, is that, and this was a definition that many years ago I heard and, and it, it stuck with me. Um, forgiveness is a promise to not raise the issue again. Number one to the offender. In other words, you're not gonna hold it over their head. You're not gonna keep bringing it up. Number two, you promise to not bring it up to others. You're not gonna spread news of it around. You're not gonna talk about it. And number three, I'm not gonna bring it up to myself. I'm not gonna keep dwelling on it. I'm not gonna let my mind go back and, and keep going over this. Now, this is, this is, Something that we're, we're prone to do with these offenses. We're, we're prone to throw it up in their face again. We're prone to tell others, you know what so-and-so did. We're prone, most, most importantly, or probably, we're prone to bring it up to ourselves and dwell on it and let it go over and over again. And we, we said last week, Forgiveness is not forgetting. But one of the things over time that happens as we keep saying, No, I'm not going there, and we're tempted to dwell on it, and we keep saying, No, I'm not going there. It is amazing how, as God sees our commitment to doing things His way, how we can. Minimize those thoughts that keep coming up. That's why he says that we are to take captive every thought. We are the master of our thoughts. We need to take them captive and, and rather than nurturing our wound and thinking on it and, and feeding it, we are to let go of it and give it to God. And, and last week we, we mentioned again, These wounds that come, these offenses that come, we can choose to carry them all our life. And we might even be very legalistic and say, I cannot technically forgive them until they ask my forgiveness. You're only punishing yourself. Give it to God. And we'll touch on this in a little bit give it to God and with an attitude say God I am not going to carry this offense and and I am giving it to you and and I've already determined that I I am not going to dwell on this and if they come to me most gladly therefore I will forgive them but God I can't change their mind and again it's handling things um, biblically, but even when you handle things biblically, sometimes it isn't resolved, and you just need to give it to God and say, God, there it is, and uh, I am not going to let this weigh me down. I am not going to let this uh, affect my life. So it is, it is a promise to not bring it up to the offender, to others, or to myself. So sometimes we ask, um, I wonder, have I forgiven them? Someone came up with some questions that we can ask ourselves to help us see our own heart. When I think of them, do I think about the injury they caused me? When I think about them, do I think about the injury that they caused me? If, if that is something that we go to, when we think of them, we, we put the two together. Yes, they caused this injury. We're probably still dealing with some of the, the ramifications of Learning to forgive. Another question. Am I willing to help them if they need it? If we haven't really forgiven them, we are not willing to help them. Good for you. You suffer. You know, I kind of enjoy. Do I look for them to fail? Am I just, just waiting? Well... Yeah, I'll forgive you, but I don't know if you're serious about this. And we put on eagle eyes that we're looking for them to fail. The whole purpose of forgiveness, forgiving one another, is restoration. It's not to, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, look, I, I, I wondered if they were serious about this. And another question, can I think Positive thoughts about them, or are my, all my thoughts about them negative? Can can I see anything good in them? Uh, you know, every individual is created in the image of God, and they were created to worship God, and they were created uh, for God's purpose, and. If I can't see anything good in them, it's probably an indication that things aren't right in my heart. So, this morning in Sunday school, we went over some principles in seeking forgiveness, and I'm not going to go over them again, but the last one that we mentioned there was after you have identified your sin and biblically identified it and, and understand what you should have done, then you say to them, will you forgive me? Now, the question is, when someone comes to us and says, will you forgive me? And it's very important that we ask that question so that it brings closure so that it under there's an understanding of the responsibility that the person has okay they've come asking forgiveness i can't just go my way i i need to forgive so this aspect of will you forgive me now this is where The rubber meets the road. This is where it becomes difficult and, and we, we all tend to build up the offense in our minds and you don't know how bad this hurt me and, and all of those things. So how am I going to, how am I going to get to forgive? Number one, remember that Jesus Christ is our model. The key to forgiveness is Jesus Christ as my model. We read in Ephesians 4 and be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. We read in, in Colossians chapter 3 put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering. In Colossians 3.13, then it says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So he's holding that model. And, And in realizing that, okay, Christ is my model. And... You can't see him as your model without secondly realizing how much I have been forgiven. Whatever offense, and and some individuals have horrific offenses, but the greatest offense that could ever come in our life does not compare at all to the offense that Christ bore on our behalf. And it is is important that we hold this as the model and um, understand because we are the most forgiven people in the world as believers. We should be the most forgiving people in the world. I mean, understanding, and and again, this is where it's it's so dangerous. Uh, oh, just pray a little prayer, come to Jesus. No, we need to realize the gravity of our sin, and the more we realize the the greatness of our sin, the more we realize the greatness of our forgiveness. And in, in realizing, Jesus said. Who do you think will love more? The one that's forgiven little or the one that's forgiven much? And technically, it's all the same. But when we come to realize how much we have been forgiven, and then someone comes to us and asks us for forgiveness, it will be minimized the immensity of what we're asked to do in comparison to Christ. I'm sure many of you have heard the account, and I won't go into detail, but Corey Tenboom was in a prisoner of war camp. Family members died there, um, tortured there. And after World War II ended, um, she was at a church meeting. And someone came up to her afterwards and said, do you remember who I am? And she looked at him and remembered who he was. He was one of the prisoner guards at the prison, um, the concentration camp where she was kept. And she remembered him persecuting and his mean, vile, And she said, he reached out his hand and said, I have become a follower of Jesus Christ. Will you forgive me? You talk about. She said, my hand did not want to go to reach his. But she said, when I remembered how much Christ forgave me, I reached and shook his hand and said, I forgive you. There, life is hard and there comes some very difficult things that, that some of you may have bear that no one else even knows about. But compare it to Christ. And, and we cannot forgive if we don't do this first and foremost. To hold him as our model... And realize how much we have been forgiven. You know, the, the whole aspect, and, and we often quote this verse, but Luke chapter 12 and verse 48, to whom much is given, much will be required. But in understanding, we don't often think of it in, in light of, of the forgiveness that we've been, been given and entrusted. And in realizing, Freely we have received. Freely we can give. So, Jesus Christ is our model. Realize how much we've been forgiven. And then turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5. A key to forgiveness is trusting God. 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart. Then shall every man have praise of God. I call this, because it's 1 Corinthians 4, 5, I call this my Colt 45 to shoot down evil thoughts that I have. That isn't right what they're doing, and, and they seem to be getting violent. Wait a minute. Judge nothing before the time. The Lord will bring to light the hidden things of darkness. And he will make manifest the counsels of the heart. Then shall every man have praise of God. We sometimes think, I can't forget them because they're getting by with that. Nobody gets by with anything. Do you think God's taking a nap and, whoa, I didn't realize what happened. Do you think he is not going to bring justice? I mean, there are hundreds of reasons why I believe in eternity. But one of them is, there is so much injustice in this world, God is a just God, there has to be an eternity to bring justice. There is no way that there is justice in this world. But He will bring to light the hidden things of darkness. He will make manifest the counsels of the heart, and so when I when i have these offenses when i have these hurts i can say god i know you will take care i am not going to carry those around i am trusting you and honest i've i've met people oh, okay i'll i'll trust god and and they step back and it's 6 weeks or 6 months I, I haven't seen God doing anything on this. Ay, ay, ay. You know, I've had people say, I gave God one year and he didn't do anything, so I'm taking things back into my. It's a wonder our thinking like that, that God doesn't just fry all of us. You know what I mean? As if God. Oh, man, he gave me one year. I better get with it here. No, we can trust God. If, if we knew the character of God and the heart of God and the holiness of God and the justice of God and the love of God, trust God. He'll take care of it. We got enough to worry about in our own life, let alone worrying about God dealing with somebody else. But it is trusting God, and then one other thing: keys in forgiveness. Realize it's not about me. We struggle with forgiveness because we've we've nurtured this. Look what they did to me, and they disrespected me here, and they lied about and me, 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 me. And it's not about me. In First Peter, we're reading about Christ. It was about obeying the Father, and when he was reviled, he didn't revile again. He didn't say, look what they're doing to me. Do you hear what they said about me? I mean, this is God in the flesh, and he's called of Satan. I mean, you can't get any worse than that. But it wasn't about him. It was about obedience to the Father. And it's that is even a bad illustration, because... He was God. He is God. We're not God, so it's for sure not about us. I mean, oh no, look what they did to Dennis St. Lawrence. whoop de doo I mean, the name is going to be maybe etched on a tombstone. And even in a, on a tombstone, it will eventually fade and weather and you can't even read it. And it's gone. Life is not about us, but we build this unforgiveness and I could never forget them, forgive them because of what they did to me. No, it's what they did to God and trust God. God will take care of it. Let me just quickly mention some consequences of not forgiving. Number one, it grieves the Spirit of God. Can you imagine the grief of the Spirit of God when He realizes how much I have forgiven you and, and He's dwelling within us and He sees that we can't forgive someone else? And in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30, in that context, He said, don't grieve the Spirit of God with this corrupt communication and evil speaking, rather, opposite of grieving the Spirit of God, be ye kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And notice if you'd look at verse 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. When I, when I carry this and I'm not willing to forgive, God has given me the grace to forgive, but I fail of the grace of God. And a root of bitterness takes root. I nurture that. That root of bitterness. And it springs up, and what does it say? It troubles many. We have much damage in our families because of an unforgiving spirit. And it springs up and it harms our families because we haven't come to forgive. And there are people that carry things from from their childhood. And and this is part of, of the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. They pass on that that same nurturing and harboring of an unforgiving spirit. And God says it grieves the spirit of God. It troubles many. And in particular, our family. Of course, thirdly, it hinders our prayer life. Uh, Turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, the Sermon on the Mount, when he's um, teaching about prayer. In the model prayer, he said, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Verse 14 of Matthew 6, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. There is no way that we can come when we're at odds with the brother or sister in unforgiving spirit and come and and have a hearing with God. God hears every prayer, but God doesn't give a hearing to every prayer. He hears it, but there there's certain prayers that there's no way he's going to Answer that in the affirmative because we have sin that, and an unforgiving spirit hinders our prayer life. It thwarts our spiritual growth. It's like we talked this morning to have a growth mindset that we, that one of the neat things about the Christian life is that we can always be growing. Not if you have an unforgiving spirit. It's like it, it puts us down. It, we We end up being spiritual midgets. It thwarts our our spiritual growth, and it gives Satan an advantage in second Corinthians chapter two, um, he mentions here that I want you to be able to forgive one another. I wrote to you about this erring brother, and I want you to forgive him. And he says, and if you don't forgive them, you will let Satan, verse 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. If you have an unforgiving spirit, Satan will get an advantage. And he said, we can't be ignorant of his devices he loves to get us into unforgiveness and when he does it's like we're we're wrestling with one arm tied behind our back and and we we cannot give him any advantage and then it brings a burden we cannot bear romans chapter 12 and verse 19 Romans chapter 12 is a key chapter, in particular the end of it. Recompense to no man evil for evil, verse 17. Live peaceably with all men, verse 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Vengeance is not yours. Vengeance says, God says, vengeance is mine. You can trust God. He will take care of it. If you try to bring the vengeance, it's a burden you cannot bear. You're trying to take God's job. You are not all-knowing. You are not all-powerful. You are not all-present. You can't do it. It's too much. We've all loaded our trucks at times more than we ought to, and we know the damage that comes with that. All right. I was going to say we've all loaded our plates more than we ought to too. But, but seriously, this is this is a weight that God never intended, and and we think we're going to carry this until we see this made right, and they. They get their just rewards. No, it's a burden. God said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. You love as I love. And then I I put this last one with a question mark. Because as we read in Matthew chapter 6, If I continually do not have a forgiving spirit, does this mean that I will have eternal damnation? I'm not saying you would lose your salvation. I'm saying you never had your salvation. He says, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses... Neither will your father forgive you. We go back to Christ as my model. If, if we haven't come to the realization of Christ's forgiveness, we have no model. We have no standard. It's not personal, and we will walk in a spirit of unforgiveness. And, and in realizing, I mean, If our life is characterized by unforgiveness, I'm not saying that if you've struggled with forgiving in a certain thing that you may not be a child of God. I'm saying if your life is characterized by unforgiveness, you better go back and check if you are a child of God. Because if you do not forgive men their trespasses, He says He will not forgive us ours. I mean... That's a strong statement. But again, it goes back to Christ as our model. I don't know. I don't know what God may be asking you. And in some cases it may be extremely hard. We said last Sunday night, life is hard. But. It's only hard to trust God, it's hard to the flesh. When we trust God, and when we have a forgiving spirit, then the shackles are set free, and we have liberty. And to whom much is forgiven, we should forgive much. Freely we have received freely give. So I'm not sure. Maybe God's bringing someone to mind in your life for a situation that you just need to say, you know what, God, I've let this rule my life. I've let this control my life. And I am not going to do that anymore. I'm trusting you, God. You will bring to light the hidden things of darkness. You will take care of things. And and in understanding the reality of of resting in God there is peace you know we sing the song it is well with my soul and of course it's dealing with the forgiveness of sins when we come to Christ as our savior but it is well with our soul when we walk in his forgiveness and it is not well with our soul when we don't when we fail of the grace of God a root of bitterness springs up And troubles many. And, and we can keep it down, but then all of a sudden it springs up. We run into someone that reminds us of the person that offended us, a situation, and boom, just like that, it springs up. And what happens? It troubles many. It happens at work, we come home and the dog comes and we're, man, we kick the dog and the dog runs and bites someone and and we're mad at them for being there. Why wasn't the dog tied up and blah, 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 and it goes on and on and on and that's life. No, that's sin. And the reality is of us coming to grips with the forgiveness we have received with God and being a channel to grant that forgiveness to others. We're going to bow in prayer. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to give you an opportunity to pray for our nation, but pray for us to have forgiving spirits. Um, and as we go to prayer, as God has brought someone to mind or a situation, I would encourage you just to go before God and